When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this... But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and today I'm bringing you guys a special guest by the name of Josh Newman. He is a beat writer for the University of Utah out at the Salt Lake Tribune, and he is coming on to break everything down for the Utah Utes. He's going to talk about the season they had in 2021. Uh, He's going to talk about Coach uh, Kyle Whittingham. He's going to talk about that Rose Bowl trip, what it was like to go out there and experience that, Uh, their recruiting class, the highest-ranked recruiting class they've ever had. Uh, the wheels are rolling out at Utah, man, and he just drops really good content, talks about their returning quarterback, Cam Rising, everything he's been through in college with the transfer, the shoulder injury, uh, and then he's going to give a little prediction for the Utah Utes 22 uh, campaign and, and going to tell you they go down to Gainesville to kick the season off, and, and he's going to uh, key a couple other big games, notable games that they have on their schedule, and then finally we're going to talk about the uh, college football playoff expansion, and, and I like what he has to say about that. So, man, uh, tune in, guys, and this is going to be a really good one, and I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Like I always tell you, it's coming right at you. Here you go. Hello, everyone, and I just wanted to give a quick rundown on the Anchor app and how I got my start with the Uptempo podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back, everybody. And today we are joined by a special guest by the name of Josh Newman. He is a beat writer for the University of Utah out at the Salt Lake Tribune. Man, uh, he's here to cover everything Utah football today, and we got a, a great little episode for you guys. Uh, Josh, man, how you doing today? Blake, I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me. Hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, 
Josh, man, the first thing I, I kind of ask my guests when they hop on this podcast is uh, for you guys to tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, and just where you come from, man. Yeah, so I am uh, a native New Yorker, uh, oh, wow. born and bred, grew up out in the suburbs on uh, Long Island, just outside New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after college, I, uh, I wound up in New Jersey covering high school and college athletics for about 15 years, uh, finished my time in Jersey covering uh, primarily Rutgers football, mm. uh, and you know, and the Big Ten, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in December 2019, uh, I moved out here to Utah, took a job at the Salt Lake Tribune, covering the University of Utah, uh, covering the Pac-12. Uh, the focus, obviously, is football mm-hmm. and men's basketball, um, and that's where we are, man. It's been uh, it's been crazy, you know. Again, as a native New Yorker. Uh, never imagined I would find myself in Utah of all places. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's been good for me personally. It's been good for me, uh, professionally. Um, and I'm enjoying myself, man, Josh, uh, you know, I'm down here in Mobile, Alabama, man. And, and me and my fiance, we just got engaged and, um, and I appreciate that, man. And, uh, we are actually in the process of talking about honeymoons and she wants (laughs) Key West and I want New York city. Um, uh, and <laughs> I went to New York city, uh, back in 2017, man. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I stayed up there for like a week and a half and, uh, it was just, uh, everything that I ever imagined. And I got to see the New York Yankees play and, uh, it was just, it was a dream of mine, man. And, and I absolutely love it up there. It's an experience, man. Look, if you need me to talk to you, if you need me to talk to your fiance and give her the sales pitch on New York City, I'm happy to do that for you. Hey, I will. I will take you up on that because she has never <laughs> been there, man. Um, Josh, man, getting into the football side of things, man. Uh, first thing I want to ask you is is uh, about your head coach Kyle Whittenham, man. Just what does he mean to this program and the job that he has done there? It's been absolutely incredible. Um, and and how do the fans feel about him out there? Yeah, I mean, look, Kyle Whittingham is, you know, he's a rock. Um, you know, he's been here uh, for 17 years as the head coach. He was an assistant for a number of years before that, uh, first under Ron McBride and then under Urban Meyer uh, in 2003 and 2004. Um, and then once Urban left for the University of Florida, Kyle Whittingham got the head coaching position, and he's been here ever since. Um, you know, he's had – He's had a small number of opportunities to leave over the years, right? He he, he flirted with Michigan at, at one point. He mm-hmm. flirted with Tennessee, but you know this is where his home is, right? It, it's funny. He's a he's actually a BYU graduate, but has <laughs> made his you know has made his coaching career at the University of Utah, which is obviously the longtime rival of Utah. Yeah. Um. So, you know, what can you say? I mean, again, he he's been you know in a in a profession that is kind of crazy and guys are getting fired and guys are taking different jobs. Kyle has, you know, again, made his career here. He, he's the face of this program. Um, and they've been very consistent under him over the last five or six years. It's, uh, you know, every year for the last half decade, they're, they're contending for the Pac-12 title, mm-hmm. right? They won the Pac-12 South a couple of times. They were having trouble getting over the hump, winning the Pac-12. But, you know, this year, um, or excuse me, last season, 2021, mm-hmm. under some difficult circumstances, right? They had a couple of players die within nine months of each other. Mm, and again, tragic. he was just this, he was just this rock, right? He was, mm-hmm. you know, he, every time he spoke, you know, he, he made you believe that everything would be okay. Um, and it was a difficult season for, you know, for that reason alone, but you know, they came through. 
you know, they got better and better as the season progressed. They beat Oregon twice in, mm-hmm. in, in 12 days, the second time in the Pac-12 championship game. They get to the Rose Bowl. Uh, you know, they end up playing this epic, you know, 48-45 game against Ohio yeah. State. So, you know, getting to the Rose Bowl felt like the pinnacle of Kyle Whittingham's career. Um, but he's coming back for more. You know, he'll be back in 2022. Um, and, you know, the program is in the program is in as healthy a spot now coming off the Rose Bowl season, as healthy a spot as it's ever been. And a big reason for that is just the steady hand of Kyle Whittingham. Man, talking about that Rose Bowl, Josh, did you make the trip out there? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, what what, um, what was know, it like, man? You know, it's, you know, as a media member, as a reporter, mm-hmm. like I've been doing this for 17 years, and, you know, I feel like everybody who, who, who does this profession, right, you have a bucket list of, of things and mm-hmm. places that you want to see. Now, the thing about me, I'm a big basketball guy, mm-hmm. um, but somewhere on my bucket list, yeah, I was hoping to at some point cover a Rose Bowl. And, you know, fortunate enough to be, you know, on the beat covering this Utah team, you know, win the Pac-12, go to the Rose Bowl. And it, it was an experience, you know, just, you know, the week of activity leading up to the game and then, you know, getting to, you know, the stadium on the morning of January 1st and trying mm-hmm. to soak it all in. And, um, you know, the Rose Bowl is special. You know, we all know that, you know, we've all seen it on TV, right, with the mountains in the background mm-hmm. as the sun sets and the whole thing. So, uh, the Rose Bowl experience is is special, and I'm just happy that I was able to, to um, experience a Rose Bowl firsthand. Finally, yeah, man, I've always wanted to go out there. Uh, I passed I passed an opportunity down in 2013 when Auburn uh, went out there to, for FSU and the national championship, uh, and I kick myself every day for it because it just uh, it looks magical, man. And and talking about that Rose Bowl. Uh, the, I mean, what a game it was, man. And I just feel like it, uh, it really just pushed this Utah program into, into another gear, man. And, and you guys bring in this recruiting class, uh, and it was really nationwide, man. What are some, do you know, some of the new faces that, uh, are coming in? Yeah. So, you know, as you said, you know, highest rated recruiting class ever, Mm -hmm. uh, they got a, they, you know, they certainly got a good, uh, a good bump close to the early signing period after the Rose, after they had qualified for the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. they, you know, they got that good recruiting bump and they got a couple of late gets, um, you know, where to begin? Uh, Jalen Glover is a, is a highly touted four star running back from the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he was Mr. Football in the state of Florida this year. Um, Ryan Peppins, you know, athletic three star wide receiver from Alabama. He was Mr. Football in the state of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Nate Johnson is a, is a, uh, a dual threat four star quarterback. Uh, from the Fresno area out in California, mm-hmm. uh, Utah has recruited, you know, the, um, the, you know, the Northern California area, the Fresno area of California forever. So, mm-hmm. you know, Nate Johnson is kind of the latest, um, the latest kid from Fresno to, to choose Utah. And, you know, then kind of the big prize is, you know, Lander Bart, who's a four-star linebacker, local kid mm-hmm. uh, from Brighton high school, out here in Utah, uh, the Barton family, it's kind of like they're the first family, so to speak, of Utah mm-hmm. athletics. Cody Barton, who plays in the NFL, is Lander Barton's older brother. Wow. Uh, Land- Lander's older sister, Danny, was an All-American volleyball player here. Wow. Uh, both of Lander Barton's parents were student athletes here at Utah. So um, to get Lander Barton, just you know, given who the family is and given his pedigree mm-hmm. and how good he's been at the high school level, Lander Barton is really the big prize of this recruit of this recruiting class for Utah. Man, 
that that's that's special stuff. When I was checking out Utah's recruiting class, man, I was looking and I was like, man, they're getting them from all around the country, uh, especially coming into SEC country, Josh, and just uh, plucking some big names, man. That that's that you guys are rolling out there. And and the next thing I want to talk about, man, is is probably one of the brightest spots to me is is y'all's quarterback. Uh, the year that he had Cam Rising, man, he is a rising star. Uh, could you talk about uh, the the season that he had last year, and then what do you guys expect coming up in the 2022 season? Yeah, you know, crazy set of circumstance, you know, surrounding Cam Rising. You know, he uh, he began his career at Texas, uh, did a year there. Uh, he sat behind uh, Sam Ailing um, for his one year at Texas, opted mm-hmm. to transfer to Utah. He had to sit a year, right, because he transferred. Mm-hmm. He then wins a quarterback battle in 2020 during the weirdo COVID year where Utah – only plays like five games, you know, get to the opener after he wins a quarterback battle and he blows out his shoulder Mm. on like the 14th offensive snap, you know, out for the year, goes through rehab, he's ready for spring ball, and he loses a quarterback competition to a guy who I'm sure a lot of your listeners know about, Charlie Brewer, who started Baylor, transferred to Utah for his final season, loses a quarterback battle to Brewer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brewer goes through the first, you know, two plus games. He's ineffective. He gets benched, mm-hmm. and in comes Rising, and the whole the whole tenor of the season changed when Rising came in. Everybody had a you know a bigger pep in their step. Uh, you know Brewer wound up leaving the program. Rising becomes the unquestioned starter, and you know as I've talked about you know with Kyle being a steady hand at the top of the program, Rising came in and he was a, he was a very steady hand for the offense mm-hmm. at a time when there was a lot of upheaval. You know Brewer won the job, it didn't work out, he left. Rising comes in, things steadied, and he was really, really good. All right, he mm-hmm. was the All Pac-12 first-team quarterback, and look, he's not gonna—he's not gonna blow you away, you know, with his skill set. Mm-hmm. But he's very, very solid. Okay, he can—he can make all the throws. Um, you know, they will call design keepers for Rising. You know, mm-hmm. QB power on the goal line, a lot of things. Rising can do a lot of things. His numbers were very solid, <clears throat> very solid. He doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He was excellent last year. And now, you know, the fascinating thing to me about Rising is in the offseason, Rising has never been the focus of the offense, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was going, you know, he's, he's been through two quarterback competitions. Mm-hmm. But, okay, he plays in 21. Now going into spring ball here in, in 22, he is the unquestioned starter. There is no quarterback competition. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to have now is you're going to have Rising going through a full offseason, as QB1, getting all the reps, continuing to, you know, lead the locker room, continuing to build a rapport with his offensive line, with all his receivers, this is Rising's offense. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't like that for two years, but this is now his offense. And the fact that he's the guy, no questions asked, this is a huge, huge offseason for Rising and for this offense knowing who the guy is. Man, um, he was special last year, man. When he stepped in, he put on a show, uh, especially in that in that Rose Bowl, man, uh, against Oregon. And and man, I love that Pac-12 after dark, Josh. I just, I absolutely love it, man. I know a lot of people out here in SEC country. Uh, you know, it gets to Saturday night, and they're just kind of like, you know, they're wanting to go do other stuff. 
and me and and my brother he helps me do this podcast man we will get on xbox and we will set up another screen and we will watch we will have xbox rolling on one and we will have that pack 12 after dark game on the other man and we watch until one one o'clock in the morning till it goes off man and it is special um josh one thing i want to talk about man is is the schedule you guys play and if you could just kind of go over a couple of the big games for us and and um, and maybe throw out a prediction for this 2022 Utah team. Uh, do they make the playoffs? Do they win the Pac-12 championship and finally get over that hump? Uh, what do you think, man? You know, um, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of fans want to believe, and maybe rightfully so, you mm-hmm. know, they want to believe that this can be a college football playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is something to that, you know, potentially, right? You're coming off, uh, you're coming off 10 wins, you won the Pac-12 for the first time. You got to the Rose Bowl. Cam Rising is coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavion Thomas, your 1,000-yard running back, is coming back. Uh, both of your all-Pac-12 tight ends, Brian Keithy and Dalton Kincaid. Uh, you have an all-world guy at cornerback in mm-hmm. Clark Phillips. You have a lot of pieces coming back. Now, you have to replace a bunch of pieces, right? Both your linebackers, Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell, yeah. are both out. Um, you know, going to the NFL draft. Uh, there's some questions at the other cornerback spot opposite Clark Phillips. So you have a lot coming back, but you also have to replace a lot. Mm-hmm. But in terms of replacing guys, there is, you know, a legitimate belief that there is enough depth that you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Might not happen immediately, but you have enough depth where you can figure these things out. So, I mean, look, if you think you're a college football playoff team, especially coming out of the Pac-12, which as we know, you know, they have – fared well mm-hmm. at the college football playoff. It's it, it's been hard for a Pac-12 team to get to the playoff. So it starts immediately, right? September 3rd at the Swamp against mm-hmm. Florida. If you think you're a college football playoff team, you need to go into the Swamp and you need to beat Florida. Because if you don't beat Florida, if you come out of week one 0-1 with that loss, it's going to be yeah. very, very hard no doubt. to get to the college football playoff. Very hard. So, you know, that's the big one. You know, we're starting off immediately at Florida. And then, you know, you're just looking up and down the schedule. I mean, you know, they host San Diego State, mm-hmm. which won 12 games last year. San Diego State beat Utah last year at San Diego State. That was one of Utah's losses. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a couple of, like, really sneaky, interesting games. I mean, they're at Arizona State in late September. Not an easy road trip going to Tempe. Mm-hmm. Um, you're at, you know, you're at UCLA, which you know does return its quarterback um, in Dorian Thompson Robinson. Very capable team under Chip Kelly. Just yep. won eight games. Um, and then, kind of a big one that you know everybody out here has scheduled is uh, a visit from USC. Right, mm. USC with Lincoln Riley, you know, <laughs> and Caleb Williams, a quarterback. These are going to be the two best teams in the Pac-12 South: Utah mm-hmm. and USC. That's going to be a game that's going to help determine who wins the division title and ultimately gets to the Pac-12 championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you know, beyond the USC game, uh, Utah is at Oregon um, in Eugene on November nineteenth. Obviously, that's a that's a huge late season game. You know, between Pac-12 contenders. Mm-hmm. You know, just like it was here um, in twenty twenty one. Right, Oregon came here to Salt Lake City in late November when they were like number three. In the yeah. college football playoff, mm-hmm. Utah beat them. Uh, Utah beat them a second time to win the Pac-12. So, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree that there could be a college football playoff possibility, mm-hmm. but there are plenty of roadblocks 
standing in the way, and it's going to start immediately against Florida. Mm, man, that's uh, that's good stuff, Josh. Man, I, I uh, that at Oregon, man, that is a tough place to play, and uh, and and man. You come into the swamp, you're going to absolutely enjoy it. Uh, the game day atmosphere in the SEC is uh, second to none, man. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. And uh, it's it's a really nice place down there in Gainesville. And just um, go check out the – get you a picture with the Tebow statue, man. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, man, I, I'm excited for Utah in, in this coming up season, man. If they get that – if they get that opening win against Florida, man, I think the the wheels could start rolling, and uh, and I think I think the Pac-12 could get in there if if Utah uh, if they stay on track, man. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good year. So, Josh, man, one thing I do want to ask you outside of Utah, it's been a huge topic in college football here lately, is. Uh, the college football playoff committee decided not to expand the playoffs until 2026 or whatever. Um, do you think that they made a mistake? Do you think it should go to eight or 12? That's a great question. I've, I've kind of gone back and forth, Mm -hmm. you know, for a long time, I I, I was on board with 12 Mm -hmm. just because I thought, I thought the numbers worked better. I think there's obviously look, the more teams you let in, there's more money to be made because you're talking about more games, mm-hmm. right? With 12. And, and ultimately this whole thing is about money, yep. right? So, um, you know, did they make a mistake not doing it right away? And yeah, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. because you're leaving a lot of money on the table by not doing it now and waiting until 2026, you're, you know, that's, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in, in revenue and advertising <laughs> and ticket sales. Yep. You're leaving all that money on the table. So that's one thing. But did they make a mistake? I don't know. I mean, look, you're looking – look, I'm in Pac-12 country, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at this from a Pac-12 perspective, no. I mean, the Pac-12 voted against against this, and mm-hmm. rightfully so, because they they had no – you know, they had no say, right? This was done outside of their realm. They weren't asked for their opinion. So, no, I don't think that they sh- – you know, I, I agree that the Pac-12 should have voted this down, which they mm-hmm. did. Now – you know, you want to talk about eight teams, 12 teams, again, from a Pac-12 perspective, I think the important thing is that the Pac-12 should not be agreeing to anything other than automatic qualification mm-hmm. for conference champions. Because if you're not, if you're not getting your Pac-12 champion an automatic bid to the playoff, you leave yourself open to get left out mm-hmm. entirely. If you don't have an automatic bid, you run the risk of, of, of not getting a spot. Now, I don't think that would happen. I still think you're, you know, regardless, your Pac-12 champion is going to have a resume worthy of getting in anyway. But, the, you know, you still, if there's no automatic bid, you technically run the risk of getting left out. Yep. So I think that's a big sticking point for the Pac-12. You know, we can, you know, we can talk and we can debate all day about eight teams, 12 teams. I know some people want 16 teams. Whatever it ends up being, if you are the Pac-12, you should not be settling for anything less than automatic qualification. You need to make sure that your conference champion gets to the college football playoff. Period. Man, good stuff, Josh. Man, um, I've had I've asked a couple of my guests, um, you know, the same question, and and 
Um, I've, I've heard a, a ton of different answers, man. And, and, uh, me and my two co-hosts, we did a, we did a previous episode of, of whether they should expand. And I was on the train and just keeping it at four for a long time. And, uh, cause I just, man, I just felt like we were just seeing so many blowouts, you know, and like this past season, Georgia and Michigan, it was just, I mean, after the second drive, it wasn't even fun to watch anymore. It was just kind of like, all right, you know it's this game's out of hand uh and then Alabama and Cincinnati it was just an old uh line them up go back to the 1980s and run it down your throat right. and so you know I, I was always on that just keep it at four and you know let's just play it like that but then I look you know and I'm like I hear these pitches about the automatic qualifiers and I hear people saying you know um give give uh let five conference champions in and then you get three automatic bids to make up eight teams. And, you know, the more and more I hear it, man, the more and more I like it. And, uh, and I think it could make it a little bit more competitive instead of just watching two blowouts majority of the time, you know, Uh, with four teams is like, look, if if you're, if you're the sec, right. If you're Greg Sankey, the commissioner from the sec, of course you're okay with four teams still, because in, in a lot of years, well, in all years, really, you're getting the SEC champion to the playoff. Yeah. And in some years, just like this year, you're getting two teams to the playoff. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if you're the SEC, you're happy with four because you're getting half the field. If I was the SEC, I wouldn't be, like, so on board to expand. I wouldn't be looking to help everybody else out. Yeah. If I'm the SEC, I want to keep it at four because I'm already getting two teams in. So, you know, the, you know, ultimately the problem is, um, you know, you have all of these different conference commissioners – all of these different conferences and everybody has a different agenda, mm-hmm. right? The SEC wants to keep it at four, the PAC 12 wants it at eight or 12, mm-hmm. you know, the big 10, you know, whatever. So I think that's a problem. You know, you have competing agendas and uh, it would be good if everybody could work towards a common goal, mm-hmm. but you know, agendas are going to get in the way. And that is why we're going to have to wait until at least 2026 to expand this thing. Mm, man. Well, Josh, man, I I enjoyed all your content, all your knowledge, and uh, everything that you brought to this episode on the Up Tempo Podcast, man. And if you could, Josh, could you let my listeners know where they could find you on social media? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm all over Twitter a mm-hmm. ton. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, at Joshua underscore Newman. That's at J-O-S-H-U-A underscore N-E-W-M-A-N. Uh, tons of Utah content. Uh, we're going to get a really kind of, uh, we're going to get fired up again here in, in about a week or so as spring ball, um, begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be around. Hit me. Man, Josh, I appreciate it, man. And, uh, hopefully I can get you back on here, uh, maybe during a bye week during the season and we can recap, uh, go over like a little mid grade for Utah season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate you, man. Hey, appreciate it, Josh. We'll talk soon, man. All right, man. Be good. Wow, everybody, that was Josh Newman, <laughs> and uh, heck of an episode. Yeah, I mean, he just uh, hit you with the Utah football content right in the mouth and uh, gave you everything that you needed to know about Utah and coming up in the 2022 season. Just special stuff, man. He talked about the recruiting class, highest-rated recruiting class that they've ever had, Kyle Whittingham, what kind of guy he is, what kind of coach he is, uh, on and off the field, just a special guy, and the uh, – 
the job that he's done. It's been absolutely incredible, man. Uh, taking Utah to the Rose Bowl and going toe to toe with Ohio State, just uh, absolutely incredible, man. And um, Josh, once again, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you talking everything and predicting the 2022 season and going over the college football playoff expansion. Uh, just can't thank you enough. And guys, thank you all for joining me for another episode. This is the Uptempo Podcast, and I'll catch you on the next one. I'm out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.